Since the UK election, we've updated this episode of Squeeze Shortcuts. It now covers Brexit post Boris Johnson becoming Prime Minister, a bit about him, his Brexit plan, what happened in the recent election and how it impacts Brexit. Squeeze Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. So Boris Johnson became Prime Minister of the UK on the 24th of July 2019 after previous Prime Minister Theresa May vacated the top job. That was back in May this year. Tell us a bit about him. Alexander Boris DeFifel Johnson is his name. He's shambolic in appearance and he's very prolific in the media. His upbringing, his connections, his Eton and Oxford education and just a general sense of ambition saw him succeed very early in life. And despite that, or or maybe because of it, uh, his interesting private life uh, has also made him a very prominent figure in the UK. Uh, He's also dabbled in writing and journalism for many Many years, he essentially is one of the UK's most recognisable politicians. He's a former Mayor of London, uh, eventually became the Foreign Secretary under Theresa May. We'll let you Google his private life. We won't go into that right now. This is about Brexit. What's his enduring position on Brexit? He was the leading spokesman for the Vote Leave campaign back in the 2016 referendum. So it's safe to say a very big supporter. And despite his position as a cabinet minister in the May government, Johnson became one of the main underminers of her effort to secure an agreement with the EU and with the UK Parliament. His position and the position of a number of other Conservatives, it should be said, uh, was that May had given away too much too easily to the EU. And as we know, that all ultimately ended her prime ministership. Johnson's position on Brexit has also strained relationships within his own family. Uh, His brother left the parliament over it. Uh, His sister and father have also both expressed on the record uh, their position of opposing his position on, on Brexit. So let's have a look now at what he's been up to to try and get Brexit done. First things first, what he said when he became Prime Minister was that he was absolutely not going to move the Brexit date from the 31st of October. Come hell or high water, there will be no further extensions. That's a quote. Given that date has passed and Brexit hasn't happened, it's clear he wasn't able to keep that promise. But he has moved forward on some counts. Mainly, Claire, he got the EU to agree to his Brexit plan. He did. And there wasn't a lot of time to muck around with. uh, But Johnson did what few people thought that he was going to be able to do. And that was to get the EU to reopen negotiations in the first place. And then he was able to get them on board with the changes that he and his supporters wanted to see. So what is his plan? In a nutshell... Most of it is the same deal made by former PM Theresa May. That is that the UK will abide by EU rules until the end of 2020, that it will pay a divorce bill of about £33 billion uh, and that it will guarantee the rights of EU citizens living in the UK and that'll happen vice versa. So really where his plan differs is in his approach to tackling what happens at that land border between Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK, and the Republic of Ireland, who will remain in the EU. I'll pause here to tell you that if you want a shortcut on the Northern Ireland backstop and the complications presented there, listen to part one of our Brexit shortcuts if you haven't already done so. Let's power on. What's Boris Johnson's plan there? So to put it really simply, 
uh, Johnson has a plan to have Northern Ireland, which is part of the UK, leave the EU Customs Union and the EU Customs Union uh, is the uniform system that they have in place to handle imports and exports. But what Northern Ireland would do is stay in the European single market and that single market arrangement facilitates the free movement of goods and services between EU nations. Now, the Northern Ireland Assembly would have to approve that arrangement every four years and the proposal also seeks to deal with Brexiteers' concerns that the UK could be trapped by the EU trading rules indefinitely under that Northern Ireland backstop arrangement that was negotiated by former Prime Minister Theresa May. So this was the plan that the EU did actually agree to. Before we get what then happened in the UK Parliament, how does Northern Ireland feel about this plan? So very quickly, the Conservatives in government have been in a coalition with a party called the DUP. They're the Democratic Unionist Party. They're from Northern Ireland. They're not supportive of Johnson's plan. But it was the plan that the EU actually agreed to. So with this agreement in his back pocket, Boris Johnson went back to the UK Parliament to vote on it. And it was a no. Three days is what Boris Johnson had set down for the UK Parliament to consider the fine details of his plan and they couldn't even really sign up to that timetable for the debate, let alone the Brexit plan in detail. But they did vote in favour of the plan. They did in principle... Uh, But ultimately, Johnson withdrew the plan. And that's because they didn't agree to the timeline. That's right. Because the timeline wasn't agreed to, Boris Johnson was forced to write a letter to the EU asking for an extension to the Brexit date. And he did that. He really didn't want to do that. And he wouldn't sign the letter. Mm. Uh, What he did do, though, was send an accompanying letter saying, can you please ignore my first letter? And he signed that one. He signed that one. So after it was clear the UK Parliament wouldn't get there on this, the EU came back and even invented a whole new word. They granted a flextension. What's a flextension? I know it's your favourite word. It's a yoga move created by (laughs) Boris Johnson. (laughs) Please no. (laughs) Imagine that. No, no. it's the extension to the Brexit deadline. It's gone to 31 January. The UK, though, has the flexibility to Brexit earlier if requested by the UK Parliament. So at this point, Boris Johnson's unhappy that this keeps going round and round in circles. So instead, he proposes having a general election. What's his thinking here? So as we talked about just briefly before, Theresa May was in a coalition government. She didn't have the numbers to form a majority government back after that 2017 election. Her coalition partner are the DUP. They're from Northern Ireland. So not long after Johnson took the leadership of the party, uh, a number of Conservative MPs either left or were booted out of the party, which reduced the Conservatives' presence even further. What that means is that there's certain defeat of almost any vote in the House that Johnson puts up. He wants to reset, he wants to give himself a chance to get the votes so that he can crack on with Brexit, but also the government's other plans. So a vote to have an early election was put to the Parliament, the Labor Party got on board, an election was called, the UK headed to the polls on December 12. Let's have a look now at what played out. In a nutshell, Boris Johnson won the election convincingly, Claire. He took 365 seats. Labor recorded its worst defeat in 80 years. Boris Johnson has his majority. He really does. He scored a thumping win on 12 December. Uh, That means that uh, that majority gives him the opportunity to really get not just the Brexit uh, legislation through, but also his broader plans for government. And we've talked a lot about the Northern Ireland border issue, given it was such 
such a, a big theme of Brexit negotiations. Yeah, and he doesn't rely now on another party to prop up government. Uh, as we've talked about, Theresa May needed the support of that Northern Ireland-based party, the DUP. Uh, they slid backwards in this election as it happens, but regardless, the Conservatives' convincing win means that they're able to govern in their own right. So what does this really all mean for Brexit? What it means is that Johnson is able to take that plan that he negotiated with the European Union to the Parliament and get it through. He's got enough numbers, even if a few of the Conservatives back away from it, uh, to get that plan through. Uh, Brexit then will happen uh, by the 31st of January. That's the commitment that Johnson has made. And then there's a transition period, which goes from basically the start of February through to the end of 2020. Johnson has already made it very, very clear that there will be no delay to the end of 2020 date. In that time, he has to negotiate a trade deal with the European Union. So we'll be talking quite a bit about that next year because it's very complicated. We will need to do another shortcut. Brexit (laughs) part three coming your way in 2020, I think. (laughs) Put it in the diary. Yeah. That's your shortcut to Brexit post Boris Johnson. To our recommendations, as always, uh, we'll give you some further reading, uh, some watching, some listening that might be handy on this topic. Claire, what have you got? I have the post-election edition of the daily podcast, The New York Times, Mm. sensation that you and I both indulge in a lot. We recommend it a lot. It's called Switching Sides in Britain. What it does is it goes into depth uh, about the story of a town in the north of England, Shirebrook. Uh, It talks about why that seat uh, around that area flipped from being a Labor seat to a Conservative seat with Brexit at the heart of that. And my recommendation is a bit of an Aussie angle. A guy called Isaac Levito has been largely credited with Boris Johnson's victory. You can have a read. There's an article by The Guardian which talks about him, his role in our election and his role in the UK election. Bit of an insider one, but it's good to know an Aussie's over there doing their thing. Aussies do incredible things with UK campaigns. We've got a yeah, long history of that, true. so it's interesting to see um, Isaac pop up. Hopefully that's a helpful wrap of Brexit Part 2, post Boris Johnson, the updated version. We, this is a, there's a lot to this stuff. Until next time.